What's going on? Here's what's going on, buddy. The day we get married is the day I ship those brats off to Switzerland. Get the picture. It's me or them. Take your pick. Them. Excuse me? T-H-E-M, them. Get the picture? Yay. Oh, my snaps, goodness. Snaps, snaps, We're getting so good at this acting thing, Nana, honestly. We really Yeah, are. sure. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I do a very good uh, Dennis Quaid, so. <laughs> well, I'm an ex. I don't remember the actress's name, but I think I'm a great Meredith Blake. And really, it's really more about her fashion. You're back with another episode of Hell Yeah. It's me, San, and my buddy. Nana. And we're back and we're talking about the parent trap today, which so that was that was a line from one of our favorite scenes in the parent trap, which we'll get into in a little bit. But hi, guys. Hope you missed us. Yeah, I hope you missed us. I mean, we'll talk about it. But I thought it was crazy. This woman thought a man was going to choose her over his children. (laughs) I was like, what universe do you (laughs) But Nana, the thing is that happens a lot. Like that's okay, like, fair. Like, that's thing. actually that true. Happens a lot. That's that true. A lot. That's true. Fair. Her, fair. I, bet her, I bet her friends. I bet her friends that are married. Her married twenty six year olds are married like older, like wealthy men with kids. Fair. Probably made the other choice. Fair. <laughs> fair. Like uh, if there's one thing we know that some men are trash. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I stand corrected. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about the parent trap. And uh, but I guess before we do that, we can just jump into explaining the premise of the show this our show is called hell yeah or hell yeah however you want to pronounce it um the key point is that it's spelled h to the e to the a to the l l and H-E-A. okay moesha i know um but hea is like rom speak for uh happily ever after and that's just sort of a nod to that because this is a romance podcast i'm nana obviously you've been introduced to my friend misan we started doing this podcast during the pandemic actually because we both realized we had like a mutual love of the romance genre whether it be books movies tv whatever um Mm -hmm. and Like for me, because like the pandemic, especially those early days, I mean, still, let's be real, but it was just like very, it's not over. over. It (laughs) was just very, very confusing. And, you know, I I don't need to relive it. We've all been there. We're all there right now. But I like, I found that there was like a pocket of pleasure in um, romance. And so I just wanted to be able to share that with the world and like, you know, revel in the genre, but also like show that it has a little bit of meat, you know, that like, like evaluate it with a critical eye, but with also joy and merriment and jokes and whatnot. And Misan is the perfect partner to do that with. Um, So, yep. So that's us. We are two badass lawyer ladies of African West African descent with a can do mm-hmm. attitude. 
Oh no, shoot. That's not what it is. It's an African dude. It's an African dude. I can't believe you. I know. I, know, I can't believe it. I just, I'm off today. An African do <laughs> attitude. Um, we've known each other for years since college, which unfortunately is uh, 17 years because <laughs> we're old. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's just the idea behind Hell Yeah, Yeah. And also another update. I think we said in the last episode, but we'll continue to say it. We have a new website y'all so we'll post that in the show notes so you can see the beautiful design done by Nissan's cousin George and Mm -hmm. yeah like start just joining the community send us your addies so that we can add you to the mailing list and eventually we will do a newsletter and you will receive it rom squad so start self-identifying rom squad we want to see you please we want to know who you are and you know maybe just maybe if you identify yourselves there might be some surprise goodies in there for people that you know sign up earlier rather than later we'll tell you about this later (laughs) what could it be what could it be (laughs) um but yeah that's it that's hell yeah all right thanks nana that was a good rendition i loved you got everything in there all the points that we wanted to hit so i guess we'll move on to rom news um yeah <laughs> that's a great you know i'm gonna use that instead of our actual sound effect i think you just is perfect <laughs> and they should do it at the end too <laughs> well so what we wanted to talk about today in rom news so my friend amelia sent me this article like this over the weekend um uh, it was a men's health article about a men's romance book club which was like very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So basically, it was um, a group of men, uh, hence the name, that I think were inspired by this like romance novel book series, The Bromance Book Club, which I've read a couple of the books and they're, you know, they're entertaining and interesting. Just the premise is so different. Um, but to decided they, he was inspired to create like a real life like book club with a bunch of different people that he was either friendly with or he knew. And they started meeting on Zoom to talk about like romance novels and see what sort of things they could glean, like insights about how to talk to their partners. Um, oh, they're mostly straight of- men. Yeah, they're mostly straight men. But there was, you know, there was, you know, um, a couple men that were not straight. Or maybe it's actually just one, like maybe one or two. Yeah. Um, mostly straight men. <laughs> not a yeah. about it. But mostly straight men. Um, and this was sort of, a, I think, a chance for them to get closer to their emotions and like try to figure out what women see in romance novels. It's such a thriving genre. It's even thrived even more in the pandemic. I think that I think the like romance novel genre has actually increased in sales during the pandemic, which is not surprising me or Nana. Not at all. Hence why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just such an interesting um concept. And I want to get your take on it, Nana. Oh, I loved it. I mean, obviously like I don't know. Um, okay, so let me look to my notes because there are a couple things that I think just themes that came out of it that I found interesting. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. one is that there are just not a lot of spaces where you hear men talking about sex. Well, sex in like a sort of in a vulnerable way. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, and sex I think that's not like porn. Yeah, or right? like locker yeah. room talk, which is all sort of yeah. enshrouded in bravado. But this was like mm-hmm. men talking about intimacy and like their issues with yeah. intimacy and their insecurities around performance but like not just you know like oh yeah like I made her come but it was like oh like I have body image issues or I yeah. you know like it, 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 
I they even kind of said there aren't a lot of platforms to engage with your friends in that way. So I thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that romance was like allowed them to do it, you know. And I think yeah. the entry point for a lot of them was curiosity, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah. uh, what is it that like women want? And I, I you know, there's yeah. I think there's been this cottage industry for God knows how long. But like, I come to mind like men are for Mars, women are for Venus. All these like dating mm-hmm. coaches and stuff, where it's like sort of they take advantage of like. You know, I mean, this like with straight people, like, yeah, the sexes, the two sex, the men and women can be like confusing to each other. Right. But I liked how yeah. these guys just like saw romance as like sort of a domain of fem- like women's fantasy and just like we're like, maybe this will give me some insight. But it actually gave, it wasn't just about how women felt or wanted. They like learned a lot about themselves and their own sexual desires as well yeah Do you know what I mean I thought it, I, yeah I thought it was interesting that one of the guys mentioned how like he started working out initially when he read the book so he's like they keep talking about these perfect abs yes and, like, yes all these perfect bodies like I don't even like I started working out more at home like nobody really looks like that in real life I just it was yeah interesting. that was I hadn't, point- hadn't thought of that impact yeah have on like a male psyche well and I think what they said was almost like initially a lot of them sort of shirked or like kind of like shied away from that genre because yeah it made them feel insecure right like you would see like the Mm. Fabio type of guy on the cover and be like that's not me I don't have the six-pack abs and I just almost wanted to be like this is like what it's like being a woman except for it's not just right it's like literally everything in the world everything Everything. yeah (laughs) and I I mean I like I, I would be curious. I hope someone points that out to them to some extent, you know, like um, and not because these men are like not being sensitive or whatever. But it's like, yeah, yeah. So, like, when you're with a woman, she's coming with a lot of those same insecurities because the world is constantly like sort of sending her that message. But like 20 times more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I just found interesting was a lot of like, I think for them, it seems like pre- doing this club they equated a lot of like sort of because I think one guy says something interesting which is like oh I have a problem with how the in the novels they equate uh I don't know what the word was like success 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 yeah yeah, with a woman woman yeah yeah, which I thought was like a really astute point you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. um and because he's like, there are other ways that like a woman can have a gratifying sexual experience which is actually very true like in some ways I mean no, to to the extent of like, I, I mean, I again, I don't know if this guy's just like get letting himself off the hook, but like, yeah, yeah. But I do think that it's like, at, at least for me, okay. So basically, like, I got really into Esther Perel, and she writes, she has this amazing book, Mating in Captivity. Oh my God, she's phenomenal. Yeah, she's like, a, she's a couples counselor, but she talks a lot about sex and intimacy and eroticism. And one, that's one of the things she talks about, like, especially Americans' view is so performance based. So even if it's female mm. pleasure centered, it's like, okay, you did X, like, right? You made her come, and therefore yeah. it was good. So and then you, like, not, get a gold star. Yeah, you get a gold yeah, star, but of, I think it's yeah. a lot more. It's about building sort of, like, erotic, like, depending on the person, erotic play, fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Because she talks a lot about, yeah. like, how as adults there aren't a lot of, like, there's not a lot of sort of play or fantasy you can engage in, and the bedroom is actually one of the few places as grown-ups you can do that, right? And so there's, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, sometimes this like performance oriented thinking gets in a way of all that other like ephemeral stuff and it actually like a woman could come and still have not not have the greatest um experience in the bedroom right and so i think that 
I think that like maybe that was me projecting a little, but like I could see that point he was making, right? And it's not that all, and it's not like necessarily all romance novels do that, but the fact that he was like thinking in a nuanced way about pleasure, (laughs) I felt like like this book club gave them the opportunity to even think beyond like, okay, now I'm a good guy because like I'm focused on like making her come you know what I mean like yeah you actually no, have to it's think a good fully yeah. fully about yeah, your partner's about the, experience about the body like not like the person that you're actually being intimate yeah exactly with, like yeah like oh yeah I hit that checkbox I have to I have to be honest like my initial reaction was like oh of course you think that because I mean like the percentages of women actually being able to climax through like penetration or like you know yeah. with their partners with their male partners in the bedroom is abysmally low blah 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 but you're you bring up a really good point Nana about intimacy in general and what it actually means to be satisfied um in the bedroom what yeah, i thought I, was interesting oh, oh sorry i just want to clarify his quote so because he said there are a lot of women that can have intimate and vulnerable sex even if they don't climax right and i think that's true yeah. i'm not saying that shouldn't be the goal but like there's more to it there's intimacy and vulnerability and building like i, I think that men should also be focusing on those aspects as well you yeah know? no no it's a good point it's a good point it is a good point all right, you're right. You're right. I'll, I'll get. I'll fine. I'll give. Well, no. Uh, t- tell Nolan, Nolan the idealist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, sure, Nolan. Okay. Um, but you know what? I thought, what I thought was interesting was so the guy that wrote the article and the person that founded the uh, book club, this man named Jason, was talking about his own performance anxiety. Yeah. In the bedroom and how this was actually a sort of. Um, I know this was the the book club and the books that he wrote are sort of like a vehicle to help him get a bit more comfortable and be more open in terms of intimacy with his partner, with his wife. And I really, yeah. I, I just thought it was pretty brave to be so honest about it, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like he talks about how, like, he talked about how dirty talk initially made him uncomfortable, but then, like, being able to sort of, like, uh, personalize it more for the the relationship he and his wife have and like you know like learning about it a bit more from the books that they were reading I just I just I don't know I just thought it was pretty brave to just be so like honest and to talk about it in an article for like a national uh publication yeah that really and I also me. I also just loved how you know I think I'm not anti-porn but I think a lot of porn especially with like the male gaze is like really destructive you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and to hear him articulate that from a male perspective was interesting too because like a lot of women will be like oh it makes you feel like you have to behave a certain way and like you know you have to sort of be focused on like being like a man's sort of like fantasy right and the like Mm. the modeling that happens in a lot of these porns is just like not super healthy that's a critique a lot of women have right um not all porn I'm talking specifically like a like, majority, though. Yeah, we know. Like, we know this was it. We know yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he, but he also says that, like, the porn I watched only contributed to that problem because each guy in those movies seemed to be talking in a way that made him appear more powerful and in charge of the whole experience. And so he was mm. talking about dirty talk and how he wasn't comfortable with it because he, it would, it, it seemed to be sort of like a posturing you know like a macho type of thing. a macho yeah, posturing yeah. like oh yeah. like I'm so hard right now and then he'd be like afraid that he wouldn't be right and so like yeah, how he yeah. was performing wasn't wouldn't align with the talk and so he learned a different kind of dirty talk from um romance novels but I just thought it was yeah. interesting how he was like oh like porn makes me feel like I need to be this sort of powerful man who's like you know top performer ace can do all these things whereas like right. I think from romance the like erotic 
novels have like taught him more about like the the importance of intimacy and vulnerability and he talks a lot about that how his wife was like you know i it's okay that x y and z didn't happen i just like really enjoyed that like your walls were down you know like i think there's a point where he mm, yeah. said his wife said that um yeah. I, I just i've just never heard and not only this guy talking or you know writing a article for national distribution but the idea of like six or seven guys on a zoom call like speaking so openly about this stuff with yeah. each other was really yeah. I, I don't know it was very it made me happy yeah it was it was interesting because I like to your earlier point about men not having that much space to maybe be emotionally vulnerable with each other yeah um, and how like romance novels they even talk about how one of the novels they were, they were reading the I think the first romance book club novel like addresses that and talks about that um it the I liked that they were so honest, you know, like initially he talks about how it was awkward for the first 20 minutes and then, yeah. you know, they got into it and then like, okay, guys, so we can wrap up. But then someone said something, then they talked for like a couple more hours. Yeah. And, like, I guess we'll do and then talking about like to Jason, the guy that wrote the article talking about how like even beyond just in the bedroom, but like reading the romance novels helped him be like, have like playful, more intimate touches with his wife just throughout the day. Like, yeah. I liked about- that a lot. In a different way than just like being like, oh yeah. All right. Like wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Um, yeah. It was interesting. I have to be honest. When I when my friend Amelia sent me the article, my reaction was initially like skepticism. I was like, oh yeah, me all too. Right, now I'm in one of the romance novels. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Sure. Um, but I'm you know a resident skeptic. But I, yeah. <laughs> I actually read, and it was I I I thought it was refreshing. Um, I really yeah. did, I actually. Hashtag what about men, you know? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Never will that podcast no, be about that. <laughs> but I, I do think that like a lot of these patriarchal standards, these like misogyny actually sort of has this reverberating effect that affects men, right? And yeah, it does. Like, and I, I think this think is about it as much. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it harms us all. And the, one of the big things is that you like the humans across the board, no matter the gender or sex or whatever, have mm-hmm. insecurities. They have like our, cu- our culture sets very specific sexual standards for behavior and performance and all these. Right. And none of us can attain yeah. it. But I do yeah. think like it's like it, it imposes the same impossible standards on men and then also tells them does not give them a way to sort of work through them, you know, <laughs> or talk right. about it or, you know. Yeah, and so, true. yeah, I it, like. Yeah, I think it was – I thought this was, like, seeing how these guys felt about this and, like, sort of exactly what you were talking about, like, the kind of gratification and almost, like, the relief and joy from having this space just kind of made me realize, like, oh, it must really suck that, like, not to have a space to, like, talk or feel or – What do you – like, what do men yeah, talk about with like, their friends, honestly? Yeah, like, what are you, like, like, what are men talking about with it's their friends? Like, like, I really want to know more yeah, now. <laughs> you, you guys need this too. You realize that. Yeah. And, like it's not just, yeah. It's, it's, not, just it's not just women. It's yeah. And so, you know, thank you to the robot. Cause like, I feel like even for me, like I've told you, I think I've talked in this podcast, my own background, especially being raised very religious is like, I'm so like, cons- not conservative, but I just don't have a natural sort of freedom like I don't feel free to talk about these things you know it's not easy for me and I think romance novels have really helped me be more sort of like candid and you know like less uptight about sex and so it's like joyful to see it happen for these dudes too yeah I wonder if they still have it 
I wonder if they're still doing the book club. I don't know. I don't, Can we just email this dude? We'll Does he have his email address? I know. He's I kind of super want, cute. Yeah. I was a sh- I was kind of disappointed he was married, but I'm good for that. Married. I was like, he Where looks kind of like Justin. Dudes? He looks kind of like Justin Baldoni. I'm into it. Oh my god, he actually does a little bit low key, but you know, there. I wonder. It seemed like there were other dudes in the book club that might be single. I don't know if they okay. I I hope if he ever ends up listening to this podcast, send me the <laughs> names and numbers of all your friends. <laughs> I'm oh, looking at Nolan the Idealist. <laughs> fair, fair. Oh my god, that would be that would be a heck of a meet cute. Honestly, I would actually really love that. That would be such a great yeah. story. Yeah. All right, guys. That has been Rom News. Until next time. What's what's the sound, Nana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for At First Sight for the Parent Trap. Nana, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, this is such a pivot because we went from talking about sex to like the most wholesome movie ever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I actually don't think it's that wholesome. It's not twist. that wholesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, we can in comparison that. to what we're talking about. In comparison yes. to what we're talking about, you're right. It um, is, it's, very, it's very much a hard pivot, <laughs> but we're going to see if we can just stick the landing. We're just going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. The parent trap, I guess my out first sight is I can't really talk about this without talking about the original one which is 1961 mm. um i mm. was not born at that time but i saw that one first because um in second grade i like became really good friends with these twins and they were like so into twin content because they were twins mm. you know what i mean so like they yeah. like would watch this movie all the time they're the ones who introduced me to this when i was like seven and so mm. i like loved the original one with Haley mills and Haley mills and um and then like but so when the Lindsay Lohan one came out I was like okay let me give it a chance I don't think I went to the theater like this is another one of those movies I don't really remember the first time I saw it it just kind of was around mm-hmm. but I for most of my life I only kind of reluctantly like watch it I just for most of my life did not enjoy this as much as the original one I will be honest really? it really wasn't really? until later that I had an appreciate it's almost like when I wasn't a child anymore was when I liked it because yeah. I was almost like yeah. stubbornly jealously committed to the first to one the ori- like the to first be, wanted to be faithful to the original yeah one, you know, the, and like, it like, was the this, first like, start of a remake you exactly know, all that stuff. I, get it. I get it but then like I think like this is like this weird rabbit hole I went to. I was like watching like Brooklyn Nine Nine like maybe a couple months ago, and they like made a reference to the Two Lotties, which is the German book that this is based oh, on. Oh, that this and is based so, on. Yeah, it's like, and so I was like, oh yeah, the Parrot Trap is really good. And then I like went to Disney Plus. I'm like, they have both Parrot Traps. So I just sat there for like four hours and watched both oh, Parrot Traps. That's amazing. And, and then I was like, this the the Nancy Myers one is really good. It's just in a very yeah. different way. Um, yeah. And Lindsay Lohan, we'll talk about this, gives a phenomenal performance. Like for so she's long, so I was like, good. I was always like, why is everyone always talking? She's so overrated, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, she was my same, yeah. same age. So I was jealous. But yeah, now that yeah. I was just like an adult watching a child actress, she was very good at this. She was so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like why. I mean, I guess we'll talk more about Lindsay Lohan later. But yeah, she was fantastic in this. Yeah. So, so good. The British accent, the American accent, yeah. the American pretending to be British. The exactly. British to be American. Like, oh, yeah. oh my God. Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. Um, she was good. 
She was great. All right, so my at first sight. So I think this movie came out around the time when I was moving back to America from Nigeria. Cause we, I'd moved to America like when I was like a kid, like much younger. We went back to Nigeria for like a year and a half long stint and then came mm-hmm. back to America. And I think this movie came out around the same time when we came back. So I, I remember seeing this in the theater with my parents. Okay. Uh, very excited to see it. And like cousins who were like, I don't, this is a girl's movie. Why? <laughs> I mostly have male cousins. Yeah. And mostly like there's me and like one other cousin are like for like the longest time we're the only women <laughs> on my mom's side of the family. It was like all dudes. So, but I would drag these guys to go see these movies sometimes when we yeah. were younger. Uh, and so we went to see this movie and they're like, I don't know, Misan is making, this movie is stupid. Like, why are we even watching this? At the end though, they all liked it and I loved oh, it. Oh, nice. Um, I, yeah, they all, but I mean, they pretended not to, but they did. Um, and I, I really, really liked this movie and I remember just really enjoying it and being like obsessed. And this was around the time, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later, but like twin content was like at like a, a peak, yeah. I think yeah. when we were younger. Uh, so this like capitalized on, I remember being shocked that Lindsay Lohan was like actually just one person <laughs> and not really a twin because it was so good. And I really just enjoyed it a lot. And I've seen it so many times since, and it hasn't changed my mind. And then I watched it again today for the podcast and yeah, it's good aside from, you know, the bonkers the weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. The weirdness that now Nana, I guess we'll get into. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> mean, I definitely... I definitely will say I'll go through the plot, but yeah, all the things we're going to talk about, like, because I hadn't really seen The Parent Trap since maybe like years until like yeah. a, a couple months ago. And all of a sudden I was watching it. And I was like, this is insane. This is actually really actually, troublesome or worrisome. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, OK, so let me try to do the best with the plot. OK, it's a Nancy Myers film. So we're going to start with rich ass white people doing rich ass white people things, which is yeah. <laughs> this might, it might be this podcast sweet spot, which is a yeah. thing that we rich have to just confess and be self-aware. But rich ass white people doing rich ass white people things <laughs> <laughs> might be this podcast sweet spot. Anyway, oh the first step, the first step is self-awareness. I know. So we start at what are these rich ass white people doing? They are they are on a cruise basically on the QE2. This is how That's rich right. they are. So we're hearing so like rich. Nat King Cole's L-O-V-E love playing. We see like men in white gloves serving red wine and sumptuous banquets. And it's the inside mm-hmm. like a ballroom of like a this ship and two attractive, very white people played by Natasha Richardson and Dennis Quaid are like, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting at dinner and like kind of falling in love. Okay. Then like, I think there's like a photo of them and it rips or some shit like that. And then we go to camp. Yeah. Then we go to camp. Around this age, there was like a lot of like programming. Sleepaway camp. Ca- Sleepaway yeah. camp. Like, but in a good way. Shorts. Because yeah, like, like in the, like in the 70s, it was like a lot of slasher films. But then yeah, by like the 90s. Films, like Sleepaway yeah. camp. Like that. Yeah. Oh my God. Sleepaway camp is that terrifying slasher. Oh my God. Yeah. Separate. But in the 90s, it was like. Like all fun. nice and wholesome. Yeah, yeah. fun. Just pranks. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like little girls like who are like maybe ages eleven to thirteen, like making friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of them is like Lindsay Lohan with short hair, who is like so sassy and fun and she's like clearly yes. a queen bee and she's like making friends with yes. these girls. Then we see Lindsay Lohan with long hair get out of a limo and then she does this like fun handshake with her um butler with that song. Ba-ba-da-da-da. 
the other thing about this sh- movie is it has so many needle drops like it's classic nancy myers like so it's much her like favorite thing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, and so anyway i'm sorry i spent a lot of time on that but basically we're at camp these two girls are like having like their separate like friend groups and like we know but we're like these girls look exactly alike this is gonna be relevant to the plot right um and at some point they're just a bunch of like little sight gags of them like being in the same place and people thinking they talked to one but they were talking to the other whatever Mm -hmm. at some point there's a fencing match and they're both fencing against each other again rich ass white people doing rich ass white people things like the way that they they have very important seed revelation happens during a fencing match and so then they take off their little mask and everybody's like you guys have the same face and for some reason, and so the two twins are Hallie, who's from California, that's the short-haired one, and Annie, who's from London, and she's the long-haired one. And, like, Annie's like, this is weird. We look like each other. But Hallie's, like, gaslighting her and is like, you're crazy, even though it's so clear that it's they like, look. It's like, it's the same face. Like, I don't she's understand. Like- the, the reaction from the other campers, sorry to interrupt, not the action from the other campers, yeah. is also too mobbed for me. They're like, oh, you guys yeah. might be real. I'm like, oh, this is, yeah. what a coincidence. Yeah. What are you people talking about? That <laughs> they is look scary. Exactly. Yeah. You don't think it's exactly. witchcraft? Like you yeah. should think there's witchcraft going on. I don't get it. <laughs> That's the Nigerian in you. Um, it so- is. It is. I stand by that. <laughs> what a positive. You're like, this is juju. Juju, I don't like this. <laughs> Um, so basically the girls end up having like a little bit of a rivalry at camp. I don't know. Hallie has something up her butt because she was like so mean Hallie for was some a reason. Jerk. Yeah. yeah. I think she was just like Big this jerk. queen. She was like a queen bee. So um, she's not used to getting knocked down a few pegs. So yeah. Exactly. Annie beats her in fast dig. So then there's like this true. rivalry between them that ends up like being like a prank war. Like they keep sort of trying to one-up each other again it was like started by Hall- Hallie because the two girls are playing poker and again they're playing bad to the bone like there's so many needle drops um so the two yeah. girls are playing poker for some reason both of them are very good at poker I don't know and I and I, I did Annie beat her or something like that anyway yeah no no Hallie beat her so okay Hallie beat her jump in the lake yeah. oh yeah then Al Hallie or Annie had to jump in the lake but Hallie like stole her clothes so that she like yeah, she had to, to like walk around it, naked yeah. And so, yeah. oh yeah, because she she jumped in naked, and Hall- Hallie stole her clothes. So this kicks off like a prank war where the two girls are like trying to one up each other, but it eventually ends up like getting like they're like one gets so messy and they're like it's classic like kids stuff in the '90s where it's like honey and messy shit is everywhere, and then like feathers the camp and, and feathers, like, yeah, baby cream, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so the, one of the camp counselors gets caught up in the middle of it, and she's like, "Girls." I've had it with you. You're going to the isolation cabin. And so they all like march towards the isolation cabin, which is basically for the rest of the summer. They have to live in a cabin by themselves and then eat by themselves at a table, which is like very extreme when you think about it. But whatever. Um, it's also child endangerment. So we'll <laughs> yeah, it's child endangerment. <laughs> um, so as they're like in this isolation cabin and can't are like are basically shunned by the camp community, um, mm. they 
end up becoming friendly and talking to each other. And as they're talking, they realize like, oh, they're both kids of divorce. And like Hallie says, she has like some funny lines, but she just she says something of like, uh, you know, like, oh, just like divorce these days or like something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I she has these like, like crazy... way too grown. <laughs> yeah, she's way like very grown. much like as our people say, she's been here before. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, that's right. <laughs> um, and so they they have and then they realize like we both love Oreos with like peanut butter on them what because yeah. I could think that's genetic um and then they're yeah. like we we have the same birthday and it's like this is getting weird and then there's like hey that's a picture of your dad that's funny and then ha- Annie's like I'm getting goosebumps and then they both kind of like look through their stuff and realize they have like half of a picture like each one has like half of a picture of a parent but it's like the other half is missing and they like put it together and they're like our parents were definitely married and like they're like surprised but i don't think sufficiently surprised like that's very traumatizing but that's that is the and listen i we keep talking about we'll get to it but we need to i mean i have a rant in coming because that is the biggest gripe i have with this movie everyone's reactions to like horrifying like really like like life traumatizing things is way too mild it's yeah really too so mild just like, in general they're like huh we're twins okay then this is what we need to do you go to dad's place and pretend to be me annie and i'll go to mom's place and pretend to be you because we both want to get to know our parents who abandoned us when we were babies and then like they they were like okay and then the plan will be like they'll have to switch us back and then they'll get back together hence the parent trap so these girls have this plan and we have a lovely montage i don't remember what music was playing but it was something good where they're like each learning about the uh, like they're doing like crash courses in each other's lives like Mm -hmm. um annie has a special handshake with her butler yes she's a butler because she's a rich ass white person and so like she teaches hallie that Hallie teaches her the layout of their ginormous ranch house in California. Like they learn about who each other's servants. I don't know. They're very wealthy. That's like the other thing that runs this. They're they're both so funny. They both have so like has like a winery and like a huge that house is like a mansion. It's not even like they don't even. It's so crazy. Like crazy. And I think that's a theme that I just gonna throw out. We'll talk. So there's something about the universality of just being a rich ass white person because one grew up in London, one grew up in California, but they have the same, very similar lives. Like it's some, mm-hmm. to some extent, and they end up yeah. at the same camp. Um, so as they're learning about it, each other. Like Annie goes to California, Hallie goes to London. Hallie realizes like her mom is played by Natasha Richardson, so she's so beautiful, but she's not just elegant. She's elegant, and she's like a kick-ass businesswoman because she designs wedding dresses, which is like again Mm -hmm. the kind of profession you would only see in a Nancy Myers movie. So she's like, I bet she makes bank too. I bet she makes. You can tell that she's a very successful one. She's very successful, but she also comes from money because she, like, lives in her family home with her father and this, like, London town home that's really gorgeous, and they have a butler. Uh, Meanwhile, Hallie goes to their private vineyard in California, and she's like, oh, like, she meets, like, Chessie, who's, like, kind of the housekeeper slash, like, um, nanny, and her you know she like gets to meet her dad but guess what something awful has happened which is her dad has a new girlfriend meredith blake who's introduced to us wearing like a very like an all-white dress with 
black heels, like sling backs, maybe a little bit of a kitten heel, a big black sun hat and gold button earrings and like gold jewelry. She looks amazing and bright and this red amazing matte red lipsticks. lipsticks. Her oh lipstick God, is perfect. Very- <laughs> yeah. The only record so- scratch is the kitten heels, honestly, because yeah. they're for <laughs> Older women. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and she has this like kind of femme fatale theme that's like me like saxophony so every time we like she appears it's like very like sultry so she sees her and she's like shit this woman is putting like a little bit of you know wrench in our plans and so there's like yeah. a bit of an antagonism immediately you know she's like trying to size her up we learned that Ma- meredith is like a 26 year old publicist who has her father wrapped around her uh, pinky finger because she oozes sex and he's like an older guy who can't get enough of it so that's where the movie's mm-hmm. like a little not pg also, mm. just a funny aside, uh, <laughs> like when you t- at least watch it on Disney Plus, it says it's PG for mild mis- mischief, which just makes me laugh. <laughs> mild mischief, <laughs> my God. <laughs> um, but there's also a little bit of allusion to sex, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, she's true. freaking out, and she like calls her sister Hallie, pretending to be Annie in London, is like, we need to like just put you know we need to like speed this up bring mom over here dad's getting married Annie or Hallie's kind of like oh no I still want time with mother and so you just like hold it down you know and so meanwhile she's at in London trying to get to know her mother better asking about her father hoping to like you know plant some seeds in her mom's head about like maybe wanting to reunite with father and you know all that Mm -hmm. stuff so she's doing that part but then you know back I always felt for like this character the Annie slash Hallie character because she's like she wanted to go to meet her dad and all of a sudden she's like confronted with like a real crisis and she's like left to deal with it on her own her sister's like you just deal with it and she's like I just met this guy like 12 hours ago like I don't even know what the right plans are (laughs) what is this so she's like she's like trying to sabotage it but she's just sabotage she's just kind of being bratty and Meredith yeah is like is not above stooping to a child's level and being like, nah, Aww. your dad's going to love me. So just deal with it. And so she's like, not that far from being 11 years old. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and boy. so there's like a lot, a lot of like kind of grown woman talk happening between like Annie and uh, Meredith, yeah. you know, lots yeah. of like, insi- you know, like gla- it, it almost felt like Diane Carroll and like Joan, uh, which Collins, call Collins and like Dynasty, yeah, yeah. like those kind of yeah. like, Fighting conversations, you I know. know. So like, it was really, I was like, you know that you're like, like you're like exchanging like crackling wit with a child, right? Like, she's yes, a child. child. Meredith, Meredith has her eyes on the prize. Prize, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's implied that she's like a 26 year old publisher. She drives a red Beamer or whatever, but she seems very like new money, and she like really wants to marry a rich man, and her that yeah. rich man is Nick Parker, um, Hallie Listen, and Which Andy's I respect father. it. I respect the hustle. Do what you yeah. gotta do. So she like Annie is like, dude, I, he, like she basically finds out like her father tells her that she's going to he, he's basically going to marry Meredith. Meredith is like, you're not going to be the only girl in his life anymore. So get used to it. We can talk about this a little later. There is like hardcore Electra complex stuff going on with like the, yeah. the relationship with the dad and Annie yeah. slash Hallie. And there's like yeah. a lot of like Meredith seems to be very jealous of that relationship. Um, and then you would think she would have like an absent father or something like maybe that's no, not. Her, but then you see that her apparently he's not absent. So I don't know no. what. But it's like always like I mean, he's not physically 
physically absent as far as we can see, I suppose. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, Annie is like the only woman in her father's life and they, he's my best friend and blah, 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 blah. Like she, and she's very jealous of their bond is what is basically, yeah. like it's clear that Meredith is very jealous. Of yeah. This. Yeah. Okay, so An- Annie, as Hallie, sends, like, an, basically an SOS and is, like, we need to, like, get this done now. Hallie, mobilize. mobilize. Hallie was, like, taking the call at, like, a phone booth, and her grandfather was, like, this is suspicious, so follows her out and sees that she's, like, taking international calls at a phone booth and is, like, child, please tell me what's going on. So it's, like, mm-hmm. then kind of understood that she tells her grandfather what's going on. Grandfather tells her to go tell her mom. There's a very tearful, like her admitting to her mom that she's really Hallie. Her mom cries and is like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you since I abandoned you as a child. That's me paraphrasing because <laughs> I think that she abandoned her child. That's just my she personal. Did. She <laughs> said they were babies. It's re- they were Anyway, babies. like I said, I can't. I cannot wait to rant. I really, so, I'm really gearing up for it. <laughs> so there's like a tearful whatever. There's like a tearful mother-daughter like reunion. reunion. Blah, and then blah, they're blah, like, blah, okay, blah. we have to go back to California to switch you back. Your dad knows. Of course he knows. Okay, we're all going to meet at the Stafford Hotel, which is a fancy-ass hotel in San Francisco. Francisco and then mom is kind of freaking out like to the butler being like this man like just does these things to me and I haven't seen him for 11 years and I'm just stressed out and she's like has a very Nancy Myers she's like chain smoking with like rollers in her hair but still looking kind of glamorous (laughs) you know what I mean Um, and so the butler agrees to go with her for moral support okay so they go to the Stafford Hotel there's like a fun you know Annie, as Hallie, is there with Chessie, the dog, Meredith, Meredith's parents, and her father. Meanwhile, like, uh, Hallie, as Annie, arrives with the butler and the mom, and, like, there's going to be, like, a sort of a handoff. The mom thinks that everybody, everything's simpatico, D- dad, Nick knows, and that they're going to meet, but mom, like, is so nervous that she gets super drunk on the plane. Oh, the other thing is the reason why she was on the QE2 is because she doesn't like to fly. So she was, like, mm. f- afraid to fly. So she gets super drunk on the plane. It's kind of, like, wobbling. And then as, like, Nick is, like, making out with Meredith in the elevator, right before the doors close, he sees Elizabeth, the mom. And there's, like, this, like, you know, from that moment, he, like, his eyes are, like, super wide. And, you know, he's, like, still smitten with this woman. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that was the thing yeah. I kind of thought was really cute was that the dad was, like, always so clearly smitten with the mom um and so the mom just kind of waves and then she's like girls does your dad know i'm coming and they're like nope by the way we wanted to parent trap you aren't we so cute and then like she's like (laughs) and then the servants are like we knew too but we just thought it was cute and the mom's like are you serious like i i don't know what to do like i'm so nervous about seeing this guy and now he's like getting oh and then they tell her that he's getting married to like a 26 year old and she just feels crappy so she goes to the hotel lobby tries to get like kind of like a hangover cure runs into meredith who's like an opportunist and when she realizes is that she's like a wedding gown designer like a famous one she like kind of I guess like twists her arm to do design her wedding gown meanwhile mm-hmm. Nick is like I just saw Elizabeth where is she and he's like roaming the hotel patio like looking for her you know and mm-hmm. so then the moment he sees her he like 
trips and falls into the pool and then like as he gets out he sees the two daughters and the mom and he's like what's happened and they're like the girls are back together and there's crying and there's hugging the child that he abandoned and there's like a lot of like emotional stuff happening then he and elizabeth have like a private conversation it you know again it's like you can tell there's some lingering feelings but then Mm -hmm. uh, um what's her name meredith comes along and is like what's going on here and he's like oh funny story there are two girls and she's like motherfucker and then, and then he's like Which and not only it's ridiculous that he's marrying someone that he was never going to tell that he had another <laughs> yes, child exactly that that's like it's like know. literally that other child was dead to him and like each vice so. versa which is crazy to me and then it's meredith what? is like okay so like why are you talking to elizabeth like you guys look cozy and he's like ha 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 that's my baby mama my baby's mama and she's like what why? she's like you were and then she didn't even know he was married before yes. which is crazy to me again <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on <laughs> i know all right so I've, now it's like it, it's on right so meredith is like annoyed but she's like i don't know she's she's around the real thing is that like nick and elizabeth are like what are we gonna do about the girls now the girls are like well let's just have an outing as a family and talk uh yeah. just kidding like we've rented this yacht so that you guys we can like recreate your first date and we're just gonna like you know Scott, like, go to like the back where yes, Scott all to yeah, the yeah, to the like the cabins while you guys have this first date, and then like the servants are helping them like recreate the first date. The servants are like falling in love too because why not? Okay, mm-hmm. and then um as Nick like clearly wants to like talk about like what happened in the relationship and like he's like into this and Elizabeth is like cutting it off and being like those days are over. Let's just figure out how to like our custody, you know? Um, so, and oh, one of the important things she says is that he's like, why did you leave? And she's like, we just had hot tempers and I left and then you didn't follow and you didn't come back after me. Which is, okay, wait, I don't, you know what? Let me wait to get to Yeah, let's just that. wait. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then they're like, <laughs> I, I like honestly don't even remember what plan they came up with, but it's basically like, I guess Annie and the mom would go and then they would like somehow reunite and then actually do. Yeah, the but they didn't talk. There was point. not there was like not enough conversation for that. Yeah, that there was. Me, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And the, like, oh, we'll just go back to mostly normal. Okay. Yeah. And the original movie, they talk about it a little more. But um, so they're set to go. Right. Annie and um, Elizabeth back to London. And then but. Like that morning, she's like, "Where? Why aren't you wearing your like traveling clothes? Because why are you wearing these just like regular kid clothes? Because they're very rich white people. So you know, mm-hmm. it was like, why aren't mm-hmm. you wearing your plain clothes? And her, they're like, we switch places, and you guys don't know which one's which, and we'll only tell you after we do like a family camping trip. And their parents, because they're bad parents, can't tell which one's which. <laughs> so they like, I guess we just Horrible we gotta go parents. along with it. The worst and. <laughs> Okay, so they're going to go on this family cat camping trip. Meredith sees that her fiancé and his ex-wife are about to go on a camping trip together with their kids. Looks a little too cozy for her. She's like, I don't like this. And Elizabeth's like, you're right. You should come with us. And Meredith's like, okay, let me wear a really inappropriate camping outfit, which is like the sexy First of all, athleisure. I want, I want to say that <laughs> athleisure was perfect. I yeah. wore that today. 
Yeah. Let me know where it is, Meredith Blake, because that is 2021 athleisure. I would wear that walking on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So she she wears that. It's clear she's not going to be very successful camping. Elizabeth, meanwhile, is wearing like a chambray. Like she gets what the deal is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as they're about to go, Elizabeth's like, JK, JK, I'm not going. Bye, Meredith. And Meredith's like, wait, no, th- now that you're not going, I, I, I don't need to go. She's like, well, no, just like, mwah, mwah, kiss, kiss, enjoy the kids. Bye. And so they go on the <laughs> camping trip. The girls are like pretty ruthless and like play a lot of pranks that I Terrible guess they learned pranks. at camp on Meredith. Yeah. Meredith has like a freak out and is like, Nick, I'm so sick of your daughters. You're going to have to, as soon as we get married, like for the, basically the line read from the top of the yeah. episode, like yeah, as soon as we get married, thing. you're going to have to send them to Switzerland. It's them or me, baby. And he's like, no, these are my children. And I probably feel really guilty because I abandoned one. So I can't do it yeah. again. <laughs> That's bad. that's it's not a bad. that's that's what I that's how I interpreted it. So <laughs> Meredith like skulked. She like kind of stomps off and like th- that that relationship is over. So that night, Nick and Elizabeth have like Nick is like, oh, I have a special wine collection. Like I have a special collection. Let's let's take a look at it and have a lovely dinner and drink wine. And, <laughs> and then and Elizabeth, oh, yeah, you finally had your dream. You finally had the vineyard. And he's like, oh, you're finally a great fashion designer. And they're like, we're rich and we're white. And it's all so beautiful. That's like they have they have this conversation. <laughs> Like that was like a lot of the movie that they're like reuniting. So much, guys. I really hate Nana so much. Uh, And then yeah, and oh, okay. Sorry, I misspoke. I think this is the conversation where they have the like what happened between us. Yeah, like why did we? Yeah, yeah. This is the point. Like why did we end? So they have that conversation, and she's like basically nothing comes of it. He, you know, he just learns that she would have liked him to go after him, and there he's he was kind of like, but like. You know, like we're kind of into each other, right? And she's like, "How is it gonna work?" You know, like whatever. Uh, bicontinental, uh, blah, bicontinental. Blah, blah, blah. And so he yeah. kind of is like, "Okay," you know. And so then he watches as like half his family is going away again, and then yeah. we're like, "Oh." In the rain. <laughs> And the yeah. rain. It was really sad. And then the servants part ways. And I guess they're going to have a long distance relationship. I don't know. The, I, again, it was a weird because it's like they have they're like trying to make us feel better about the fact that they have servants. This is such like an ultra elite movie. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they is. can find love, too. And even though their whole lives basically revolve around us. But As like devoted to their superiors. <laughs> but sure. yeah. Okay, um, but then a lovely surprise, not really ending, is that Hallie and Nick take the Concord, the motherfucking Concord, back to, to the London. Concord. Pour one yeah. up for the Concord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't care about carbon emissions. They just took the no. Concord yeah, <laughs> and they, they went back. To be fair, people, we didn't care about the environment in 1998. Yeah, I also yeah, don't really. know if the carbon emissions were worse on the Concord. I was just being a jerk. But, yeah, um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. So they, they get there the- faster. Than, yeah, they get there uh, faster. And they're like, as Annie. soon as you left, we knew that we had to go after him, you guys. So finally, Nick goes after Elizabeth, with that, which is, I guess, what she wanted the whole time. And so we get a, like a post-credits wedding sequence, you know? Yeah, they got married think, again on the QE2. They got um, married again. Like Granddad is there. Years later. Yeah, Granddad and is there. The servants end up also getting married to each other yeah 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 martin the butler proposes to martin the butler proposes to chessie to chessie yeah the assistant slash housekeeper slash nanny slash slash nanny yeah yeah 
And so then, yeah, we have a very happy ending. And everyone yeah, got and then together. the twins and all their manipulation and their, uh, you know, their pranks, you know, they say to themselves at the end, we actually did it. We yeah. did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Nana, for that plot recap. I appreciate that. Thank you. I don't even, honestly, I'm ready for my rant. I don't even want to talk about the characters. Like, we, okay, we talk just about, go let's, jump into I the rant. Go, I have to. Okay. Guys, this is insane. This movie, like, Liz, Elizabeth, and Nick are the worst parents in the entire world. This custody mm. arrangement makes no sense. So they separated the twins when they were babies, and then they're going to just, like, I don't know, like, how did they decide who was going to get, like, I, this is ridiculous. Why hasn't child services come to find them? This is insane. Not even that. A, ju- lives, a judge had to sign off on this custody arrangement. I don't think they went to a judge. Did they you say think they had they a ju- judge? No, I, I think that, they just did this themselves. Because what judge would did? sign off on this? Who? <laughs> what authority would sign off on this? I bet they I bet they're like, we don't need child support. No one needs to pay for anything. Yeah, because you know, I just want to be done with you. Yeah. We're like rich white people. Like nothing ever happens to us anyway. It's fine. Uh, so I'll just take one, you take the other. Literal babies, they separate them at birth and then never told them anything. And all they have of their parents is like a torn photo of the other parent. And then yeah. they just left it at that until they were 11 years old. This is insane. They're horrible people. They're horrible. <laughs> oh my I know. God. I know. I, I think this. I think it's multiple things for me. It's like one, like there's a scene where Hall- Hallie as Annie is talking to uh, Elizabeth about and she, like about her father and Elizabeth is so casual like literally it's clear that this woman has never talked to her daughter about her father ever and she's like yeah like we I don't know it just didn't work out yeah you know she's like I guess we, I it was good last yeah, yeah but it was like she's like, like, like you think yeah like she never talked to her about her father at all then she never told her she had a sister and then on top like, of that, that is ridiculous that they treat children as if they're just sort of interchangeable. Like at yeah. some, there's a line that's like his and hers ch- children that like Annie says, or I think, which is like very sort of acerbic, right? But it's like literally yeah. like it's like bath towels. It's like okay, you take one, I take one, and it seems appears like they never thought about that other child ever again after like, that. They weren't sad about it. Like you think there's yeah. not like a picture. Like what would be helpful to me if there's like some sort of picture of the other twin as like a baby, yeah. and that parent like has that being like, oh, it was yeah. so painful to let this go, even though it was like total bullshit that they let them go. But like it was so painful to do this. Like just even like some sort of like pretense at that. It never happened. And then when these like twins, like, you know, also they're not that smart because they're like, oh, we sort of look alike. Oh, I don't know. That's weird. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. The twins aren't that smart, which means the parents have taught them not that much at all to be. So like they're even terrible parents to the one twin that they picked. You think they'd be better parents to the twin that they picked. They said that they wanted to parent because they didn't want to parent the other one. You would think. And then when they come back together, like. First of all, Elizabeth is a dummy, okay? Like, so she flies all the way to California and she just thinks that the like the girls have like spoken to Nick and they just she doesn't want to talk to the like yeah. the father of her children at all. Yeah. Like last time I checked, like you can still talk on the phone, even if you yeah. hate them. So you don't even have a discussion about the kids that you're banning, you're gonna swap them back, and then you're gonna swap them back. What yeah. are you talking about? This is ridiculous. These are not towels. They're living human beings. What is this? This is a horror movie. I know. It's like that. So this is basically the reaction I had when I watched it a few months ago where I was like, this is crazy. Just sort of how callous the parents are about. They're so callous about their children, their own children. And then they don't even recognize that their kids have been switched. 
Like, yeah. do you see how ridiculous that is? Like, like even Chessie. Like, turn of phrase. Oh, yeah, that's like weird. But like even Chessie, like the housekeeper kind of notices something's off before, right? Yeah, she does. does. Like to Nick's credit, he's like, oh, why are you saying something is horrid? Oh, that's weird. You just picked that Why up. do you oh, speak okay. French? When did you learn French? You know? She just started speaking French out of nowhere. What? Again, again, <laughs> who are these people? I don't understand this. I, I, listen, I'm telling you, if they were Nigerian, they would have like, they would have outed those, two, like they would have said there was witchcraft involved. And they, you know what? It would have been at least some sort of fair reaction to the absolute insanity that we're dealing with. Like yeah. only the dog actually realized what was going on. The <laughs> dog was like, dog. that is not Hallie. And they're like, oh, that's weird. The dog isn't really talking to you. Uh, that's so strange. Yeah, the dog is a better parent than all of you combined. And then Nick, Nick is horrible. He like introduced, he's been like hanging out with like this 26 year Yeah, this is bad. This is bad. All summer, right? And then he's yeah. like introducing to her like, oh, you know, Hallie's my, ma- um, Hallie's my main girl, my number one girl. We're so close. But then you're going to marry her in two weeks? What is the rush? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. And it's also like, like your daughter doesn't know her at all. Like you wouldn't like give like enough time for them to get to know each other. It's just like, hey, you're gonna have a new mom in two weeks. And, and like all of this has happened while you're away at camp. It's crazy. And then you have the nerve to be like, oh, she's like upset. She's asked if I was like, you know, if I was gonna make you my like make you her big sister. Like I'd blah blah blah. You are a child. <laughs> yeah. Both you and your like ex wife are children. This is. Oh, my God. All right. I think I've gotten it out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that's the one theme, which is they're very bad parents. But, of course, they're rich white people. So it's not seen as Nothing bad happens. Like, they go through life with zero consequences. Like, what is this? It's just very quirky and droll. Yeah. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) What on earth? (laughs) I know. It's, 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 it's. It's it's crazy. I don't it's know. Bonkers. Dude. It's bonkers. I I could like I remember I th- remember when I saw it the first time as a kid. I was like, this is weird, right? This doesn't. Seem I didn't normal. think it was I like weird. I just thought it was so cute. I thought it was weird. I was like, this doesn't make sense. I like this movie. This is a bit weird, but okay, sure. And then I like suspended disbelief. And the more I'm like, this like it's too much. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I think of the yeah. I mean, I'm the original is bonkers too, but at least they like kind of talk about custody arrangements because they're like yeah six months, six months, the six month yeah. split. Like they have something called the six month. That's split. some sort of like nod to a conversation. Like yeah, that I would ex- like I'd appreciate. And then they're like, bit. yeah, they're basically like, okay, we'll finish the school year out, and then the girls will both come to live with me for the summer. And then, like there was like a little bit of that. See, this was- that makes <laughs> sense. I would take that. Some acknowledgement of the terrible parenting that has taken place. Like, what is going on? And no, that's the not, other there's thing no they way say- they went to a judge. There's no way they went to yeah. a judge. They did this on their own, like a bunch of dummies. They didn't go to a judge. Uh, yeah, and also I'm trying to think of the original. I mean, the original is still bonkers, but it just felt maybe part of it because it was so quaint in 1960s, you know what I yeah, mean? And the yeah. other thing is, is like, they do say like, now that the girls have met each other, we can't separate them again. Like, there's like a yeah. little bit of acknowledgement. Yeah, like, so like, this how- is like ridiculous. Ridiculously horrible to be your own offspring. Imagine. But this is just like Widow would be a better better parent to these children. Like you know, like you know those like intense like like you know like predators and the wild apex predators. Even they treat children better than this. I have to say. I yeah, it's pretty callous. I yeah. And it's also just because, like, you see the – I mean, each when each child, but especially when Annie or Hallie meets her mom, she's, like, crying, right? Like, yeah. And, and so you understand what that, like, 
loss was that entire time yeah, and the fact huge, that the parents huge. the parents don't sit and apologize there's never once really an apology there was no like yeah. come to like let's talk about yeah. this as a family this is like deep trauma i mean obviously it's a nancy myers movie so they're not going to do that but like it i mean it's deeply traumatic if you don't suspect there's those like those children are in therapy right now yeah they're in a lot of therapy and they have they probably have their own families and stuff and they're in real like real therapy at this point <laughs> in their 30s like going to therapy every two days because that is ridiculous yeah. Um, also, that camp was super negligent. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, the camp was pretty negligent. They just put the girls in a cabin by themselves and were like, peace. I mean, we don't know. We didn't, maybe they just checked in on the girls occasionally. You know, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> the, I mean, I actually feel like the camp wasn't as bad as the parents. No, the camp was definitely better at parenting those children than their actual parents were. <laughs> That's <laughs> <certain>. <laughs> All right, I got it off my chest. I just okay, that's back later, good. But I'm I'm over it. Bye. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I guess like for me, I thought like okay, so I guess I'll just say a little bit of the difference between the original and this one, which yeah, is that. Um. Okay, so I'll just just to give you a rundown. I loved the original. A big part of it was because of Maureen O'Hara who mm. is played the mom who's just like so gorgeous and had red hair yeah. and there's like a part yeah. of the movie where she um she's like basically like the okay so the different the main difference is that the girl's names are Susan and Sharon right and so Sharon okay. is the one who's like really prim and proper and Susan is the one who's from California her dad is like a rancher who like basically looks like um what's that guy's name Bruce not Bruce uh why am I forgetting things Shit! Some, like, what the cowboy guy? The cowboy. Oh, guy. John Wayne. John Wayne. I was like, I kept wanting yeah. to say Bruce Wayne. I was like, that, <laughs> no, that's another that's Wayne. Batman. That's, that's Batman. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the dad kind of looks like that. The mom is like, um, like a kind of like a Boston Brahmin socialite. Um, and so there's a scene because she's kind of looks like school marmy. So there's like a scene where she's like before she goes back to see her ex husband, she like her dad kind of like negs her into getting like a makeover so she's like wearing like mm. peak 1960s fashion she looks amazing Ooh. right and Ooh. so that's one thing she's just like so glamorous and like like but what i think what i really liked about her character is that she was very um sly like it wasn't mm. clear in this movie if natasha richardson was like trying to like kind of pull one over on uh Meredith and was trying to get her man back. She seemed very passive about like yeah, the relationship, yeah, but like Marina Hara like w was like jealous and wanted her man back, and she like Ooh. very and there's like even a scene where um Vicky who or the like the Vicky who's like the Meredith character is like she tricked me going into going on the camping trip, and the dad is kind of like laughing. He's like she sure did because she was just like that bitch. <laughs> she was just yeah, like that like, bitch. Yeah, so, she's like a bad bitch. She's like a bad she's bitch. A bad bitch. So that's one thing I like. But sorry, this is a roundabout way. Of saying that despite all that like i this movie feels more of like a traditional rom-com to me that one was a family one but uh, i thought that the parents had insane chemistry in the first movie like they they like mm. point to a relationship that was just very fiery and very passionate and like mm. the and like like marina Hara is just like oozing sex and like it's just whatever but i felt like this even though it was like a rom-com I don't know. What did you think about the like? I, I did you buy the relationship between the parents? 
like I just didn't get a sense of their 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 vibe. It wasn't it wasn't clear to me. Like I felt like it was like more of a chill vibe, but like yeah. I, like I didn't see this like sort of. It's interesting. I now have to watch a 1961 one, but like I didn't see this like fiery chemistry. It almost felt like it's sort of like an easy calm chemistry. But then I like when she like alluded to um, like throwing why, a. Yeah, like they had like, like big hair fights. Hair... Yeah, and, yeah, I just like, didn't all see that. that. It didn't seem to match them at all. So that, I just thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But like, but then I will say that the sort of aesthetically and the way the movie is set up is very much like a rom-com. Like this feels yeah, it like is. it's like has all the like Nancy Myers sort of like touches. Do you want to tell that people just a little bit of, about who Nancy Myers is because she's like a big rom-com icon and I think this is a first movie that we've done with her it is so it might be it like is. worth it to explain yeah. it so yeah. Nancy Myers is oh and just to clarify yeah she was the director for this movie Parent Job and then she was the co-writer so Nancy Myers is this like co-writer maven of like rom-coms but not like your typical sort of like I don't know how to describe it. It's not like the teen rom-coms we've, we've done before. It's like she has a very specific style. And she was just like, she's this like famous writer, producer, mm-hmm. director. So anyway, so the parent trap was and her she, director. And- oh, wait, go ahead. Go ahead, Nana. What were you going to say? Uh, oh, no, I was just going to say, um, I, you'll probably talk about it, but she has a very sort of urbane, urbane style. Yeah, like, there's like, like it's very, yeah, yeah, it's like very distinct. Um, and so what's interesting is like, this was her directorial debut. She'd never directed a movie before. And this was like based off of, she's got this job based off of the strength of like the writing that she'd done in previous decades. Interesting. Um, and people weren't even sure that this was going to end up being like, they're like, oh, we don't know this. Like this, like how is this going to end up? But she like, I think they made this movie for $15 million and it ended up becoming like a box office hit for like 92 million gross. Um, so it just, it was just like clear, like, okay, Nancy Myers is like, a badass, like a boss bitch, but also that like people like to watch things about women <laughs> and girls and these yeah. are interesting. So just, and I think her career has just been a clear sort of like record or proof about how much, like if you take the time to write a complex female character and a story that people will go and watch it. Like she did like, you know, the holiday, like she's done a bunch of, a bunch of romantic comedies. So this is our first Nancy Myers. It will not be our last. Um, and there's very much like an aesthetic or like sort of like, Yes. you'll see in a Nancy Myers movie. There's always some sort of like divorce involved mm-hmm. at some point. Like, you know, um, maybe it's because, and I think you see that a lot more after like she got a divorce from her ex-husband, Charles Shire. Because, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, she, a lot of it ends up becoming she, like a little biographical. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. And also I feel like it's like I sort of um, we need to mention her like because I think her signature styles are like the later ones where it's like a woman in middle age coping with a divorce so it's like it's complicated right isn't that one of hers Mm -hmm. and something's got to give right yeah 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 so it's like it's definitely like what women want what women want she directed oh what women want yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah that's definitely like divorcee woman in her middle age like trying to figure out life Often played by Diane Keaton. Yeah. Oh, and they're just flowy pants. There's yeah. so many flowy pants in her movie. It's like turtlenecks. Like, yeah, like they're like warm and cozy. She like loves a good like monochromatic outfit. Like exactly, yeah. Hamptons wear. And usually like the protagonist, it's like somewhere in like it's New York or it's like LA or it's like Hamptons London, maybe. LA. Yeah. yeah, something like yeah. it's very just like a specific type of rich white 
woman yes. and white person. And then sort of that, like the, the environment that that type of person would live in is sort of what you just like, get exposed to and like are a part of as you, and you explore it, which is always, and you there's, know always it is? Wine. Like, there's always wine. Yeah. There's always wine. I feel like it's like the effortless, like very subdued, like casual, like aesthetic of old money yeah right? like yeah. there's no ostentation yeah whatsoever it very it's like women yeah. in like it's very tasteful lots of neutral colors like you were saying lots of white wine but lots of lush interiors like i have one of the rom squad one of my good friends um who's like a former roommate she's always sending me on instagram like Twee cottage houses and like Ina Garten's like life. Oh, and I feel like that's like, like, that's like, like that <laughs> there's like a real like, solidarity <laughs> and connection yeah, there yes. between that whole sort of thing. Very like yes. sumptuous like food. Sub- yes, yeah, chambray the- shirts. Yeah, Love yes. the chambray. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. like basically like I I you know I am. Very much, I can get into my like little Marxist phases. I am anti patriarchy. I'm anti white supremacy. But there is a part of me that wants to be like a rich old white lady, like a Diane in a Nancy Myers movie, Streep. Yeah, in a yeah. Nancy Myers in movie, Nancy redoing movie. my kitchen, which yeah. is so tastefully done with maybe some like vintage touches and a yeah. garden, an herb garden, yeah. and an yeah. older like rascally man who's like chasing after me you know what i yeah, mean like oh, the very, thing is, yeah go ahead the other thing is well. her protagonists are always like have a scene where they're like get drunk or get high for like they're the neurotic time, they're like, they're, like neurotic. <laughs> they're, they're like, really they're neurotic like, weird, yes. but like in a way that's like <laughs> charming i guess like she's got yeah she like a whole like you can tell that her like influence she's very much influenced by those like 30s 40s like screwball comedy so there's this like sort of True. like a cap like sort of like feel True. to the you know it's like quirky um but not too over the top where you're like what's going on uh, it's not like who's on yeah. first like what's on second but still there she has like elements of that all sort of like in this like very like I don't want to call it oatmeal because you know oatmeal feels boring but it's very like warm sort of like cream sort of like huge you know what cozy it is it's it's like muesli you know mm. what I mean it's like yeah, oatmeal, muesli's a little bit it's like a little some- edgier <laughs> I'll give Muesli a, a little, little bit of an edge. It has, it has some nuts. It has some berries. It's Scandinavian. <laughs> oh, no, not, not, <laughs> not berries. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, like, I think it's, it's just important to point out because this is, like, the everything in this movie is, like, very subtly, like, even though it's, like, a children's movie, quote-unquote, or it's a yeah. rom-com, yeah. it, like, signifies a very particular type of wealth. You know what yeah. I mean? That's yeah. actually, like... You know, everybody in the movie, like, they don't really talk about how they have the money, but they, like, not only have these great jobs, but, like, clearly must have come for money, especially, but it's like, like, it's like uh, it's Elizabeth. It's obscene amounts of wealth. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think yeah. we talked about this a little bit already, or we're going to talk about it even more, but, like, Nick's, like, wine mansion in Napa, like, that's... It's, yeah. I don't... Why is it that... Like, that house is ginormous. Like, what is that house? And then, yeah. like... And- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I just, I'm like, no, I keep just, going, keep going. When, like, we like, when like, um, Annie pretending to be Hallie, like approaches it when she gets picked up from the airport. I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me with this yeah. terracotta gloriousness? Like, are you, and only yeah. three of you live here? Like, is this a joke? Yeah. Like, what's happening? And yeah. then you go to London, um, and then, you know, 
Hallie as Andy is like getting into this like freaking like I don't even know is where's is that Chelsea where is that in London it's like yeah I, I was trying to figure it out I couldn't it's like, very is it, posh like, it has is that she, park like, Sloan is like super posh but they're not like nobility but it's like real money yeah. like that place is like millions of millions of dollars like nobody lives there unless they have their own sort of business and also they have old money so it all like but they, they must talk about because it I, it's like it's whispering it's all there but it's like not yeah. obvious <laughs> I also like read that in order to have I mean it's like not super common for people to have butlers but they do and they're usually people who come from like a lot of money yeah but like a butler's maybe salaried at like 130,000 pounds a year insane. so this is like the I'm kind of pe- these are the people You're who telling are me that butlers <laughs> are wait hold on I uh, let's park here for a minute because I really need to like <laughs> what? like properly sort of digest what you're telling me you're telling me that butlers Butlers could be possibly making 130,000 pounds. Butlers? Wow. That doesn't su- no, that doesn't surprise me because in New York, because I worked as a nanny, a very good nanny earned six figures. That's crazy. I didn't know you were yeah, a nanny. So t- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, okay. Can I tell you something crazy? Sorry, this is a tangent. Yeah. I've been watching only murders in the building. I oh nannied God, in the love- building that that takes place. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. It's I not really the show. Arconia. What's yeah, it, it's not. Really I, I don't think it's called really, the Arconia. Really I don't remember the name. Is it Upper West like Side? Upper West Side, eighty six. I knew. I knew that was. I used to live on the Upper West and, Side. I, I saw all of those like you know touch points. <laughs> I can't believe you named in the building. In the I know. Only murders yeah. in the building. Building. It was. Shut it was so. Up. I know. Sorry, guys. We're going on a tangent. Oh my god, but, like, I love that. I was show. watching the Sorry. show, you and I'm like, that show. I'm it's con- good. It's good. Yeah. It's a good show. I'm like, I was like, I've convinced I've been here before. <laughs> and then I looked up what building it was. And I was like, no, I definitely babysat for a family. Oh, like, nanny babysat for a family. Crazy. Yeah. So I know the upper class. Come okay. On. I'm like expert. All right. Here. She just like flipped her hair, guys. I just, it's fine. All right. So anyway, so that's Lucy um, Meyer's like shtick, right? And this is like, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see in this like, in her directorial debut to sort of see like the things that will end up becoming like real calling cards as you see her get yes. mature as a director and like see sort of what's part of her over like basically. Yeah. Which is very. Like we even we even have Elizabeth having like her like drunk kind of freak out scene. Yeah. The girl's fence. And I'm uh, sorry. I just have to like I'm I just have to add. Okay. This is like a very subtle point, but you know how Annie as Hallie goes to California and is like riding horses with the dad, even though like she didn't grow up there it's yeah. because she's like a equestrian because rich she people is, she's a rich english things, person whether they, of course. <laughs> whether they live in england or in napa valley i remember i was like oh i guess you're not gonna have to teach her how to horseback ride good thing yeah, you know what rich. it is good thing i mean i guess we already talked about their bonkers custody arrangement but good thing that they yeah. end up having real money so both of their children would know how to horseback right at least they didn't neglect them about yeah. their equestrian <laughs> lessons they only neglected them with actual parenting giving them the yeah. ability to be emotionally fulfilled with parents that didn't abandon them god i'm still yeah. angry but they but they both know how to fence and uh ride horses so it's See? great See? so it's, no one yeah. had, no one had to pay child support because they both made so much money they both know they know yeah. God. I mean, as we talk about it, man, this movie is highly aspirational. Like, it's very uh, even so. like the the clothing that these little girls were wearing was like know, enviable. So cool. You know what they're I mean? So great. They're so great. <laughs> they're and then so you know cool. the so interesting thing now is that like 
because fashion is so freaking slickical, that type yeah. of clothing is definitely like sort of like what's trendy right now, which is what makes it even funnier. Like some of the stuff that they're wearing. Particularly Hallie's, right? Yeah, yeah like, I for think sure. Hallie's especially. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which is very funny. Like what Hallie um, wears, you definitely see, um, and no offense to hipsters, but you definitely like see like wannabe hipsters wearing them in Williamsburg on like a given, any given uh, Saturday or I Sunday. I love it. I know you do. Which is why I you should come back it. to Brooklyn. Nah, nah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my god. So that's um, Nancy so Myers. That's like the Nancy that's the Nancy Myers flair for sure. The Nancy um, Myers of it all, basically. Um yeah. all right, so what else do we want to talk about? So we talked about like the bonkers parenting um like arrangements, like just like how sort of like insane all of this is. But one thing that I wanted to add, um, they raise like, like Nick and Liz raise like actual terrorists. Well, that's what Meredith calls them, right? Or she, does she's she? not wrong. She didn't. I don't <laughs> think she calls them like terrorists. But Meredith is not wrong. They're like super manipulative. They're like a bunch of they're spoiled brats. They're horrible. Are you a, are you like a justice for Meredith person? Please say no. Um, no, I'm not justice for Meredith person. Meredith was awful. Meredith was also a spoiled but- brat. <laughs> Okay, but she had great, but she had great clothes. She was also a spoiled brat, but she yeah. had, that's that's why like she kept going to their level and not like remembering that she was like fifteen years older um, than them and yeah. an adult. <laughs> but I think, but they raise like terrorists. Right. They raise terrorists. They're horrible well, parents. I mean, we already said yeah. they're horrible parents, but this is even more evidence. You know, I will say yeah. like I think this was the first time I'd seen divorce presented in a movie like that wasn't. I didn't feel like this like big negative like evil thing that happened. It just was sort of like mm-hmm. a thing that had occurred, and you know it was like blended families and sort of dealing with that. I I did like that. It was I found that a bit refreshing. Sort of like matched. Um, I remember when I first moved to America, I had like cousins that like you know were step cousins. They were a blended family and hadn't really seen that as much in Nigeria. It just wasn't something that was like a like divorce hadn't seemed to be as big in Nigeria at the time when I was a kid. So seeing that like in real yeah. life, I was like, oh well this is a different family and then getting to see that different family on screen i thought was a good like i'll give the movie that like even though it's like insane what they decided to do with custody insane how they like arrange all of that in in terms of like a representation of like blended families and like second chances and like what divorce like how divorce impacts kids all that sort of i thought that was an interesting sort of rendition of that which i like i appreciated as a child i guess but it also still has like sort of a very traditional view in that like okay, yes, we're divorced, but we haven't moved on with our lives. And yeah, like it's 11 years later the, the, and we're still sort of, yeah, yeah it's true. And, and ultimately the happy ending is us getting back together. Yeah. Like I feel like it actually reinforces this idea of like the sanctity of the original marriage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, like I Mer- Meredith is like an interloper. Yeah. But she was like, horrible. These people, she, des- she deserves it. I know, but it's like, but it's like these people who really like I don't know for me I mean and again this is more so like the combination of the 61 one and this one it reinforced this idea of like truly meant to be and that like people who are married are like meant to be you know so it's almost like it does like it's like well of course they're doing a parent trap because like these people didn't know what they wanted they're meant to be together but they're obviously meant to be together and their 11 year old daughters who like never met them before 
and aban- who they abandoned. And one yeah, each of the and other. the servants know that they're the only ones who don't they know just that don't they're supposed it. to be together. Yeah, and so like, maybe, and I think like I'm sure I'm curious to talk to kids with like divorced parents, but I wonder if that movie kind of like implanted that fantasy yeah like he probably did give a bit of false hope actually that's a good point yeah i will say this i'm a sucker for a second chance romance like i love reading them in romance novels and so getting to see it on screen even though you're right it reinforces like oh they made a mistake initially like oh you know they like your divorced parents like they can get back together even after the most insane sort of divorce or experience but i don't know there's something about like I guess my like my romance, you know, loving heart, like something about like, oh, yeah, they're meant to be, you know, they came back together after their years of like falling foolishness. Like, I don't know. Do we think that they end up together like forever? I think that they I think that that's their I don't think their children will let them do anything else. Um, (laughs) So to be honest with you. That's, uh, so that's what I really think think ends up happening. That's really <laughs> yeah, I don't true. think their children will let them do anything else. Um, there's an interest. Apparently, like I looked this up, there was like a because part of what I struggle with is like they both have like thriving, like super successful businesses on two different yeah. continents, right? They're gonna have this like yeah. bi-continental like lifestyle. Um, like, mm-hmm. how exactly is that gonna work? So what do you think their like life looks like now? So they have to do, so like they, he, you know, sh- they flew to London, you know, they're all together as a family of four. He has like a vineyard in Napa. She has her wedding, you know, dress design business. And she's like a very successful fashion designer. Like, what does that look like after they get me remarried? Like if you were like doing a sequel and it was Nancy Myers-esque, what would that like, what, like what sort of touch points do we need to make sure we include? And like, what does, how does that story unfold? There's an English manor. There's a beach house. Lo- sumptuous interiors. Um, There's a lot of white and cream. Li- white lots and of cream. white and cream. Lots of white wine. Um, yes. You know, she's still going to be in her 40s and frazzled, but she'll have like an aunt that's played by Diane Keaton because we need Diane Ooh. Keaton. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be Nancy Meyer. Right. We need Diane Keaton in here somewhere. Um, of course but- she deserves <laughs> But I just don't know. That's actually part of the movie that was a struggle for me is that they both have like and this is the realist. I'm like, they both are such career people and their careers are so geographically specific. Like he can't just give up his vineyard. Maybe he'll have like more help, you know, but like they need to pick a place to live. Like, that's what I thought when I watched it. I was like, they need to pick a place to live. You can't really. Unless they did it like half a year, like half a year in Napa and half a year in London. No, but the girls are in school. Yeah, I know. So (laughs) I just. Maybe they have to send them to boarding school. The boarding school. Maybe they sent them to boarding school. (laughs) (laughs) Like Meredith said, but no, you're right. Maybe what they. I don't know how they do it. I guess maybe they fly into each other every few weeks. I don't know. Like, but is it then are the girls like living with one parrot and the what the other parrots constantly flying in? Yeah, I think and I think they'd have to switch off. Or maybe he moves to like why can't she move? Why can't she move? Like she can move her wedding dress design business. Like it can be Yeah, in but you gotta have places, to be in the like center in of some place. Like maybe New York, but she can't live in yeah, Napa. Yeah, maybe New York design. is easier. Yeah, no, it can't be Napa. It would probably New York would probably be easier for her. Which is an yeah, easier but, commute, but not that much of a difference between California and New York. Exactly. And I just don't think this relationship worked. I'm sorry. Dud. <laughs> And then wow. the girls will have to deal with a second divorce. As- wow. <laughs> Although I don't know that they get another divorce. I think they already have an, enough. Div- like the one divorce between them. I don't think they do another one. 
Or or you know what? Maybe like the girls have gone to college and then they're like sitting together in like a room or whatever and they're like, I don't even feel like I know you anymore. Why are we together? And oh, they're gonna God, wait, wait, wait. They're gonna get they're gonna get separated, except for it's the parent trap too. The girls come back their first semester of college. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Hollywood, green light that concept. We did it. We the, did it. Yep, the we empty nest edition, right? They have the empty nest. They're like, "What are we gonna do? We don't mm-hmm. know each other." And then the girls are like, "Let's get together." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like end up just doing it. And Chessie and Martin are like older and like yeah. a little bit like hunched, like hunched over or whatever. But they like are like, "Yeah, we're part of the party." And totally. then Sammy the puppy is probably has really like, old. Yeah, you know is really old but has like children that end up be like are spry enough to be a part of you know whatever sort of like madcap plan they come up with i love it okay i like it yep and then there's a lot of cream there's a lot of like very like sumptuous fabrics and like fun um fun uh sort of like meals that are luxurious and then maybe they have like another like fake wedding in their backyard in like the vineyard that's gotten even more expensive can we go to the Hamptons this time, though? I really want some Hampton scenes to take place. I really feel like they would be like New York people. They would have to like, yeah. like, oh, this is like enough in the middle. Like, so yeah, you're right. So it's like in the Hamptons, like, because the vineyard is too much of picking, like, it's not neutral territory. So yeah, it's okay. Hamptons. They get married in like Montauk or something. Yes. Ah, we or a man's again it. Is that a place? That's something. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. No, that's definitely a place. That's yeah, yay me. All right, well, now that we figured it, they're happily ever after, do so you want to talk about ours, Nana? <laughs> yeah, okay, guys. I will just put it out there. I've been reading a very depressing book about 1980s Scotland during the Thatcher era, so I don't have a romance. Okay. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> it's very good but it's not a happily ever after lots of alcoholism okay. and poverty so instead of doing a book it's what margaret thatcher, it's what margaret thatcher would have wanted <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of a book i'm gonna do a tv show do you have any idea oh, what i might be talking about misan oh my god i don't know is it a k-drama or no, it's else. not. It's not a K drama. It's a K as in kids drum. Well, kids comedy, oh. kids show. It's a oh kids show. Oh my god! Babysitters Club. Yay! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I, I love, that show. love it. I don't know if you've watched the second season yet. Have you? I haven't watched it yet. No, I just, but I don't care about spoilers. Oh, okay. I'm not even going to get into the full plot because I want people to like watch it. I, What I really love about this babysitter, if you have not seen it, get your ass onto Netflix and watch it. I and I don't work for Netflix, so I'm just saying this out of my heart. Um, But like, I think it's such a good adaptation. So it's basically like most every episode is more or less based on a babysitter's club book. Um, But they've like Mm -hmm. recasted it and like kind of updated it for now. And so like some changes like in terms of diversity, that's like a big one. Like Marianne is mixed. She's black, like biracial black and white and her dad is played by I forgot the name of the actor but he's the guy who plays Kevin in um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and he was also in The Good Place 
anyway oh he's oh yeah <laughs> he's, he's like sean in the good place. yeah he's shot he's in like the good the, place the, the yeah. leader of the bad place yeah yeah, yeah he's great. but it, it like it works like it, somehow you know like sometimes when they like redo things to make them more like modern and woke it feels like a little forced but this like totally makes sense and like even her dad's overprotectiveness like has like a new flavor when she's like biracial and her black mother is the one who mm. passed away you know what i mean it works yeah, don is like yeah. a latina from la and her parents got divorced because her dad came out later in life is so is now married to a man it makes sense somehow you know what i mean it's just yeah, it totally yeah. every every detail that's changed works but what i really and oh the and alicia silverstone plays christie's mom which makes you feel really old yeah 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 um but what i like about it is like it's a happily ever after i'm gonna say because there are definitely romantic elements so blah don't come at me there's romance but I just like it because it's like really like what I hope I'm just glad that young girls have the show I hope they're watching it because it's like these girls are like super industrious like it actually makes like and even when you read the books like it makes like the fact that they have this club this business like it takes it seriously as a business you know so you're sh- seeing these young girls mm. learn these like skills they're incredibly confident they're super funny like I actually lol like lol like at a lot of the lines they're just like really witty and Mm. smart um but they still feel believably like children because i think the babysitters club movie when we were kids the girls they always get actresses to like who are a little older to play 13 year olds right and so like the tv show from when we were kids and like the movies they always just felt older but these are like actually played by like 12 and 13 year olds um yeah like actual like preteens preteens and And they also it also just deals with like a lot lot of like really resonant themes like that even like me as an adult I'm like ugh like the second season and if anybody remembers Claudia's sad goodbye when she her grandmother dies the way they like they address like grief and loss is Mm. like one of like of TV shows in general I think that they articulated in this like really beautiful way the um, there's like an episode where Jess, like Jesse, like basically Jesse is doesn't want to do ballet anymore because she's not the best at it. And so it's like it's kind of dealing with like, you know, sm- small fish in a big pond syndrome. Like it deals with a lot of things that even like as an, a grown up, it's like really difficult and so to like see very heavy heavy yeah. well not, not heavy, at all easy not yeah. at all easy but it like it's, it's almost like it shows like young girls navigating through like life challenges that they're gonna face like forever you know what I mean and so yeah. it's, and, yeah, it, totally. yeah and then just kind of seeing the bonds between the girls and then um their parents which is like kind of cool like I actually cried for a few episodes in first and second season I laughed a lot I know I I love it I just absolutely like it it has my heart so 100% recommend it especially if you're a babysitter's club fan um the last point I'm gonna make is that babysitter's club as a book and did, did this and as a book series and I think the show does it is it really gets into the interiority of like young girls right like it takes it seriously mm. so it's not just it's just like it cares about what they think how they see the world how they talk to each other how they joke with each other their worries their anxieties you know what I mean and I don't always see yeah a lot of media though it's changing but like traditionally media always had like teenage girl characters it's kind of like silly kind of the butt of the joke right because it's like oh they're so like into mm. boys and they're dumb and whatever but this is just shows yeah, like very yeah. well-rounded girls so everybody watch it i love it it's good i mean i haven't watched the second season yet but the first season i definitely cried 
when I was yeah. Did you? Like, I cried. It was yeah. Very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely cried. <laughs> I definitely, and I don't feel bad about that. I say, I say that very proudly. I'm not ashamed. I cried. <laughs> so say hello to your okay, friends. So the babysitters club. club. Oh wow! Say hello to the people who care. Okay, nothing's better than okay. friends. Babysitters club. Okay. All right. Because you know that your friends are always there. Okay, take I'm it just away. Let you finish. Okay. Are you sure there's not one more song lyric? Are you got? It? Have you covered it all? You got it. You, you can always count on me, and I can count on you. Good times, bad times, in between. A friendship you just have to let through. it go. I don't remember the rest of the words right now. Do you? <laughs> All together, I... singing the song, growing in every way. Say hello to your friends, babysitters club. Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friends. Take it away, Misan. Babysitters club. Because right, you know that it. your friends right, are done. always there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. All right. Okay. Well, guys, I don't know that I can top that. Honestly, I should have gone first, but it's okay. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> we'll just go with it. So my HEA this week um, is a little, it's a bit of a departure from like a full length novel. Hmm. Um, I've talked about these, this author before, Bolu Babalola. Yes. It's like yes. British Nigerian author. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've referenced her a few times on the podcast. Um, she calls herself a rom commissar. Uh, and she's like, just, I think she's one of the funniest people. Like I, her Twitter, like her Twitter timeline is always full of great jokes, but she had um, a collection of short stories called love in color. And there are 13 tales that are like, basically like retellings of um, myths uh, just from sort of all sorts of different cultures, including like uh, Greek mythology, like Psyche and Eros. She talks about Osun with this, like a Yoruba myth. Um, she goes into like Lesothian folktale. Um, Sia is about, you know, uh, certain areas and other areas in Africa. Um, there's also like Nefertiti. She even has like Chinese myth in there, Zenu. And what's interesting is that there are 10 tales that are sort of like basically like a retelling of these like famous myths that have been around for ages. She even mm-hmm. has one about Scheherazade. Um, and she sort of recasts them with people of color oh. in a, a, just a very different way. And it talks about sort of like love is not just always just being this like light fluffy thing. Love obviously being something that is needed and is central to like a lot of people's lives and people want it. But I just, I just love that like her language is so, it's just so good. Like the words like yeah. she uses, it's like, there's something very, I don't know, very like refreshing about it. Like I had to like, like I felt like I was rushing through the book so much because I was mm. like, I was eating up just the language. She yeah. uses. It was so, it was just, it was just something so fun about it. That I would like stop me like, oh my God, this is so good. And it was funny. Like, you know, the Scheherazade story, like she took cast it to make like Scheherazade be like Olivia Pope, right? Which is fun. Like you actually know, Olivia Pope? Like a, not actually, but oh, like it's yeah. a, an Olivia Pope like figure. Okay, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so Oshu is like this like Yoruba myth being retold. And it's like, the, like these like Yoruba gods are like in like a like very fancy boarding school in Nigeria. And they're like in this like, you know, love oh, triangle as like teenagers. Oh, yeah, there's a story of yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a story about um, it's a retelling of Ghana's like myth, the princess's wedding, and it's called Yah. And instead, it's like this couple that you know has has always known that they were meant to be together, and then you know, um, or like their parents have always wanted them to be together, mm-hmm. and then you know something else happens. Um, what's so fun about these is like like I wanted this. They're short stories by yeah. definition, right? But I wanted to learn more. 
Like I wanted to have oh. the stories be expanded. Yeah. So they were so, they were just so, so good. And then she has like um, a tale, like the Chinese, like retelling of Xenos, like someone is like a pop star in like some like African country um, instead. And that's how she like retells a story. And what's I think is fun is that I think a lot of these like myths, she like she said this in one of her interviews, like a lot of these different myths sort of have this thing where like women are being punished for being women or for mm. like having limited choices. And the telling is like, sort of the tale is sort of so a lesson to women sort of that you can take from it. And the way she like recasts it is like, these women have power and agency in a very different way. Uh, there's a story about like Sia, which is like um, set in, um, you know, the early like early times of like a, a, an African empire. And rather, you know, Sia be, I think this, the myth goes that Sia is like saved by like this man. Rather in this story, she's like the like the warrior princess trying to save her people in her country, you know. And then the guy that she falls in love with, Mahdi, is like her second in command. So it's just mm -hmm. like, it's just fun. And it just tells it like in a way that like women have agency, they're important, their love stories matter. And it talks about love in such different ways. Um, and then she has three new stories, including the love story of her parents, which is really cute. She oh, talks about cute. it like as like a myth. That's really yeah, cute. Yeah, Alago Meji. Yeah, it was really, really cute. It just was, God, you guys, I love it. Love and Color, Bolu Babalola. It came out here in the US in like April of this year. And I've had it on my, like I pre-ordered it when it came out. Like I heard it was coming out in the UK like last year. And I've had it on my Kindle for like months. And I finally read it this weekend and I wish I'd read it sooner. It's Aww. so, so, so good. Check it out. And of course, every story has an HEA. Um, it's like not so always like the perfect like frothy one. But it's full, of, like, it's just, even Nefertiti is, like, this, like, badass, like, crime crime lord or something. It's just, it's so cool. Very cool. Very fun. Check it out. Love and Color. Love and Color, Bobo Balalola. I think you guys will like it. Yeah. And guys, I think that's our show. Is Wait. that any, is there anything else we want to talk, talk I about? I want now? you to sing a theme song for me, the way I sing one for you. I'm not, it's, just, <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> then I just what? tell you it's No. <laughs> that fair you know what maybe I'll do, I'll do it next episode okay we'll think of a theme song for next episode and then we can like depending on what we talk about i'll find something okay. um maybe sweet valley high or something maybe maybe if we do another sweet valley episode we can sing the theme song oh yeah that i know i know that TV one show. quite well so i'll, I'll just we could do I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll warm up my vocal cords because i'm ready yeah just get way. ready i gotta get some tea you know yeah. like me 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 you know all that sort of so i gotta prep gotta prep you know i was in gospel choir so i can't like embarrass in college i can't embarrass my gospel choir people so let me just make sure i'm like in the right headspace for this all right anyway guys all right this has been our episode about the parent trap and all sorts of other <laughs> oddities. Yeah. Uh, until next time. Yeah, mishmash. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.